Hello and welcome to MLW Confusion. I'm your host, Rob Kammer, pouring one out for the eye of Rey Mysterio, and also occasionally reviewing MLW programming. This week we are continuing the trend of checking out MLW Underground, the original TV program for Major League Wrestling from back in the early 2000s. This week we are looking at episode 2, Jerry Lynn versus Satoshi Kojima, and, you know, whatever other matches happen to be on the card tonight. Anywho, instead of jumping right into the direct programming, we get a video recap of the formation of the Extreme Horsemen. Uh, for those of you who haven't watched the show and not up on their Major League Wrestling, or at least the history of it, the Extreme Horsemen was a stable in the early days of the promotion, consisting of Simon Diamond, C.W. Anderson, and Steve Carino. Um, leading up to Steve Carino getting the World Heavyweight Championship, and I believe the other two members got the tag team titles at some point as well. Um, but that's probably for, like, episode four or something. I don't know. I mean, I could do the research. Uh, actually, I have done the research previously, and spoiler alert, they do get the titles at some point or another. I think at the end of the tournament. Um, didn't check the dates out, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but the group initially forms uh, during a triple threat match between Steve Carino, Dusty Rhodes, and Terry Funk. Um, yeah, standard matchy stuff, uh, but the video obviously focuses on uh, Carino uh, with uh, Anderson and Diamond coming out, uh, taking out Ter uh, Dusty Rhodes initially, who has to be helped to the back by trainers, and then Terry Funk allowing... Carino to win his match, which, you know, we've reviewed this match at least once, maybe twice. I've kind of lost count. Um, everything stays the same, you know, in this new normal world. Um, but the most important thing is, is we get this video recap. There's no commentary to it. It's just the straight up footage, except it's done to a ripoff of Metallica's Sad But True, because, you know, we are edgy like that because it's 2003. Following this, we do get an Extreme Horseman promo, uh, which Steve Carino notes that they are sweeping aside the stars of the past, despite how much they may have looked up to them at one point or another, uh, specifically referring to Dusty Rhodes and Terry Funk, uh, before Simon Diamond kind of reiterates the same thing. Uh, C.W. Anderson gets to play the mute guy, which, as the enforcer, I guess that's good. I mean, I guess depending on what kind of enforcer we're talking about, whether it's the role or the Arn Anderson, because Arn Anderson was quite verbose and quite good at the talking, but, you know, whatever, man. It's sweeping up the past, and if you got, honestly, if you got Steve Carino on your side, you don't need to do any talking, because he's good enough on the mic for probably everybody in your group. Just throwing that out there. Anyway, now we get our true intro, because Power Man 5000 said so, and Joey Styles is welcoming us to the show. Uh, he's kind of going over the brackets for the tag team titles um i wrote something that i can't read on here that involves the extreme horsemen uh but they're in the tournament that's kind of not what's you know they're talking about yet uh but you know scribbles i try to you know look professional by writing notes um and then i remember that i'm on a podcast an audio-only podcast. And it doesn't matter how professional I look. So as I bang my notes here, you know, on the table, you can't see this. So ultimately, these notes are for myself, and I can't even do this for me. 
Anyway, diatribe aside, uh, one of the t- one of the teams that they do mes- uh, mention uh, is the team of Doctor Death, Steve Williams, and his protege, P.J. Friedman. Now, also, on the terms of notes and research that I didn't do, I was going to look up what a P.J. Friedman is, but I didn't actually do it. I kind of just went straight from video notes to here. So, you know, I would make a joke about looking professional, but you can't see me anyway, and therefore you don't know that I'm not wearing pants. Anyway, P.J. Friedman is another Haas-type character, because we're leading into a match with Dr. Death and P.J. Friedman. Uh, They're taking on a team uh, that, you know, if you listen to the commentary, you only get to know who they are. It's some guy named Afterburn, and some guy named Giovanni Jabroni. I get the feeling these might not be those guys' names. And it's just what things that, you know, Joey Styles is saying aloud. Uh, Anyway... This is pretty much a squash match. Uh, I'm not even sure how much time it took because there was a commercial break in the middle of it for whatever reason. Um, Within the original programming, of course. Um, But Friedman is a hoss. He's a big dude, uh, which I guess that's the reason. He's a protege of, you know, Dr. Death. So I also am just going to pretend he's a football player with a credible amateur wrestling background. Maybe I'll look up this stuff and totally forget to talk to you guys about it later. Or maybe I'll look this stuff up and talk about it next week, because uh, again, they're in the tag team tournament. Or I'm just going to forget in general and hope you guys do all the legwork yourself. Um, but as I said, this is a squash match. Um, the only thing that kept it going a lot of times was that Afterburn was pretty good at saving his partner's ass. Uh, but Dr. Death eventually gets the win with a backdrop driver, only because P.J. Freeman hits a gnarly-looking dragon suplex on Afterburn and kind of just kills him dead. But this leads back into Joey Styles with the brackets for the MLW Tag Team Championship Tournament. Uh, he keeps referring to the Global Tag Team Crown uh, titles, which... We're not Japan. It's a mouthful to talk all about that. And then the titles would eventually evolve evolve directly into the Major League Wrestling Tag Team Championships. Uh, But our brackets, it's a four-team tournament, are as follows. Above average, Mike Sanders, best known for his time in WCW being above average. Or so he told us. But if you actually watched everything, he was incredibly average. So much so the WWE, like... Picked him up as part of the buyout from WCW and just proceeded to do absolutely nothing with him. So he was completely average down in OVW. Actually, I think he's in Heartland. Uh, Heartland was the big one at the time. Um, But anyway, uh, so, you know, above average, Mike Sanders and Jimmy Wang Yang. Except he's just Jimmy Yang at this point, fresh off of his, uh, fairly fresh off of his WCW stint. Um, I can't remember within terms of time frame if this would be when he, after his little WWE stint or not, because he's had like a couple of stints in the WWE, um, most notably around, I want to say 2008 or so, uh, he came back as a redneck cowboy, uh, Jimmy Wang Yang, um, but he'd been around the business, you know, a handful of years at this point, most notably in the Young Dragons at this time, uh, so they will be taking on the team of Doc and PJ Freeman. The other side of the bracket will be the Extreme Horsemen versus the SAT Los Maximos. 
Um, Styles also notes that the Samoan Island tribe has been snubbed from the tournaments, and they're vowing revenge on all the teams that actually get to take part in the tournament. Uh, so we will see how this gets to play out, If uh, how much of a role the Samoan Island tribe will get to be within this tournament. I'm hoping, you know, if they're tr- serious about this, they interfere in every single match in some way, shape, or form. Whether it's a pre-match beatdown, post-match beatdown, middle-of-the-match beatdown... Beat down, beat down, you know, hoe down, beat down, you know, whatever. That's how you handle a snub, is you beat down things. Everything. It moves, it gets beaten down. It has a match, it gets beaten down. You know, you paddle the school canoe, that's a paddling. Up next, we get a, another, you know, Joey Styles segment. Uh, because this program's full of Joey Styles segment, which makes my notepad, like, ridiculously thick. You know, I, the, these notes, again, that I keep talking about, aren't research notes. They're just, you know, what happens. And there's so much Joey Styles because he's just plugging everything in the world. Um, and this is, t- this time we get to, uh, have him plug Paul London, uh, who at the time was, you know, one of the better, oh, one of the best high flyers in the world and had a lot of hype to him, uh, especially coming off his little stint in Ring of Honor, where people would like to chant, please don't die at him. Um, he hasn't been on the main stage currently, or what you could consider to be a main stage, uh, since Lucha Underground uh, went off the air. He was a member of the Rabbit time, uh, Tribe over there. And I can't give all the spoilers for that, because I haven't made my way through the entirety of Lucha Underground yet. But, you know, one of these days I will. And we'll see what happens to the Rabbit Tribe. I assume they all get eaten by the Rabbit, because they're led by homicidal rabbits. And unfortunately, that is not a joke. Or, fortunately, that is not a joke, depending on what your views of things are, with no context whatsoever. Anyway, Zero Gravity Guy's also back. Uh, turns out his name is Fuego Guerrero. Uh, excuse me, Fuego Guerrero. No editing, we're going to keep those stutters and uh, mispronunciations in. Uh, but he is the Fire Warrior which I guess looking at his mask is believable. Uh, he cuts into a little bit of promo about Zero Gravity again. Um, and when I say his name's Fuego Guerrera, uh, it's only because I find this out later in the show when Joey Styles finally references him. Uh, so spoiler alerts, he'll be referenced again later on. Um, but honestly, more importantly, we come back to Joey Styles, who's uh, hyping up the debut of Masato Tanaka, uh, he'll take on again. Uh, he'll be taking on his uh, eternal rival, Mike Awesome, here in the near future. And by near future, again, I mean 2003, of course. Uh, Tanaka uh, is a hard-hidden dude from Japan, most notably in Frontier Martial Arts, um, and feuded extensively with the Gladiator, or as he's known in America, Mike Awesome. That had a brutal feud and ECW, and rekindled that feud like off and on over the next decade with an especially gnarly match at the uh, first one night stand pay-per-view where they just, you know, beat the shit out of each other with stiff chair shots and Mike Awesome just powerbombing him like it's not going to willy-nilly like wherever and hopefully he just doesn't land on his head because, you know, that's bad. Or at least that's what the doctors who, you know, are anti-CTE tell me. Uh, But that match will be coming up in the next couple of weeks in theory. Uh, again, uh, I don't know the timeline of events of how the TV tapings worked, but they're hyping that up for the next big show. We also get a Bill Alfonso promo. Uh, this is a carryover if you caught my uh, 
Laparca review. Uh, this is something that popped up uh, during the Laparca tribute show. Um, but Bill Alfonso noting that Laparca's, you know, the real deal. Hard, he's hardcore, but he's no Sabu, and Sabu won tonight. And Sabu will take him on again, you know, whenever he wants, baby. Uh, but despite the praise, Laparca shows up and throws Fonzie into the garbage um, and cuts a promo in Spanish. And my Spanish is nowhere near good enough to do anything that resembles a good translation for it. Uh, but so, you know, barring that, the highlight is just listening to Bill Alfonso and his high-pitched gravel voice, you know, moaning in the in the pile of garbage, like literally in a chunk of garbage cans. He's just in the middle of it, just moaning. And it's hilarious because I'm a terrible person. Uh, but this leads into the announcement that uh, L.A. Park, La Parca, has challenged Sabu to a Mexican massacre challenge, uh, which Sabu will eventually uh, accept. We also get news that next week's main event will be the Extreme Horsemen versus Los Maximos in the first round of the tag team title tournament. We finally get our second match of the evening. It is no gimmicks needed Chris Candido versus the Funker himself, Terry Funk. Uh, for those of you not in the know, uh, Chris Candido uh, has had been toured like all the major promotions throughout the uh, mid to late 90s uh, with stops in Smoky Mountain, uh, ECW, WWE, WCW, um, now Major League Wrestling, um, former NWA world champion in his own right. Um, and he looks up to Terry Funk. They've feuded in WCW, uh, most notably in like a back yard back like stable farming hardcore match which nearly saw funk killed by a horse uh which is its own brand of entertainment knowing that you know funk would make it out all right uh but they wear the similar tights just different color schemes um a match starts off with Funk just doing what he can to outsmart Candido, uh, doing some counters, you know, clean breaks, pointing to his head and whatnot. Um but we eventually, you know, this, of course, breaks down because it's a Terry Funk match. And there's just, a, you know, slow but wild brawl outside the ring. Funk gets busted open on a ring post. There's a pile driver outside the ring. Actually, that occurs out in the crowd because, God forbid, we have a Terry Funk match without someone wandering off into the crowd, usually over the guardrail uh, against their will. And usually Funk in a nonsensical bump. But we get that. They eventually kind of wander their way back into the ring. Um, Sonny interferes. Uh, Tammy Sitch, uh, Candido's uh, longtime girlfriend, uh, that doesn't get an announcement at the start of the match. Uh, just randomly in the match, Joey Styles is like, uh, Candido is accompanied by his girlfriend, Tammy Sitch, um, who uh, may be best known from her days in the WWE as Sonny, uh, probably best well-known now for her failed stint in porn. And being in jail quite a bit for DUIs. Uh, so we'll just kind of step away from this topic. Um, but a ladder gets introduced just randomly. Uh, Candido misses a, a top of the ladder headbutt. Uh, misses it on Funk. Funk moves out of the way. Uh, Sitch kind of comes back. Uh, yeah, not just kind of, but comes back in off a distraction and low blows Funk. Uh, which Joey Styles makes note of her... Uh, failed porn career on that um funk ddt's sunny and bites her ass i mean literally bites her ass like it gets censored 
Uh, she gets the DDT, and dress comes up, reveals a thong, and Funk bites her ass, which in today's wrestling, today's climate, is probably you know not great. And honestly, it did make me a touch on the uncomfortable side. I mean, granted, I mean I'm going to just pretend it's all like you know consensual, you know, ba- you know, backstage what that they worked out the spot. But yeah, that kind of made me uncomfortable. Luckily, though, Candido's there to come to the aid of his girlfriend, fiance, manager, and just tease off on Funk with a chair shot. Um, so allowing Candido to kind of take over for a bit uh, makes this nifty little uh, chair bridge contraption. Unfortunately, though, that you know leads to his downfall because Funk ends up countering things and hits a neck breaker on the chair bridge. Um, which will eventually slowly lead to the finish, in which Funk attempts his patented spinning toehold. Candido rever- uh, counters that into a small package, which Funk then reverses that small package into another small package, basically just rolling over a bit, and getting the three count. Uh, Candido is pissed, of course, and pile drives Funk and leaves with Sammy uh, with Tammy. Uh, so somewhat slow match uh, i mean it did pick up towards the end when we got all the plunder of course um then we have that un- uncomfortable spot with funk and tammy um but you know it is what it is uh you know just part of me would really like to see candido win just because he's you know 40 years younger than terry funk um but funk's got to look you know, looks somewhat strong to win since he's feuding with Candido uh, towards the top of the card. Um, but, you know, a mildly entertaining match. I, I do enjoy matches with plenty of plunder, baby. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, it might not be for everyone, which I get. Following this, Joey Styles notes some new signees, and this is where we finally get Fuego Guerrero's name, rather than just random promos of him talking about zero gravity and not even talking about himself. And some curmudgeon, some loudmouth guy named CM Punk. Um, I wonder what happened to him. Yeah, I doubt he did anything. Probably, you know, quit wrestling and tried, you know, MMA or something. Trying to fight a Green Ranger. I don't know. Anyway, we get a Steve Carino promo up that up next. He uh, he kind of runs down his accomplishments and notices he's done the same things Terry Funk has, and not only has he done them, he's done them better, and he's done it faster. So Funk stands absolutely no chance uh, with you know the feud. Obviously, I don't know where my brain was going off that front. Uh where did my notes go? Oh, there's my notes. Because uh, I can't turn my notes the right way either. Anyway, back at the control center, we get Joey Styles uh, giving us an update on the Bill Alfonso situation. Bill Alfonso has been taken not to a local medical facility, but to a hospital uh, where his arm is not broken. Um, there was some concern during the original promo that his arm may have been broken. Uh at least according to Alfonso, uh, Sabu went into a tear, uh, accepting Leparka's challenge, but also just causing untold destruction backstage, resulting in his arrest. So hopefully, Bill Alfonso, you know, gets him bailed out before their match, or you know, before the night's over, whichever happens to come first. Anyway, 
It is time for our main event, Jerry Lynn versus Satoshi Kojima for the MLW World Heavyweight Championship. Again, this match has been kind of covered briefly, so, you know, if it's not the best coverage, not that any of my coverage for any match is the best, uh, please forgive me. Go check out the uh, previous episode of Confusion with uh, the Bread Club, baby, uh, because, you know, we're all a bread club, and we should just listen to that episode on repeat regardless Anyway, again, vacant MLW World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, the match starts off with uh, various tests and counters. Uh, good old-fashioned testing out our opponent, countering out of moves. Um, and really, we don't get a full winner in terms of those. No one gets the advantage. Uh, they take a quick break. Kojima bows, crowd cheers, and go to a commercial break. Uh, when we come back, uh, Lin is in charge, uh, which is a rarity in a Lin match. Even when he does win the match, he usually spends a lot of time you know, lulling his opponent into a false sense of security by getting beat repeatedly uh, with fists and moves. Um, Kojima does make a comeback, hits a big elbow for two, uh, Kojima gets caught with a tornado DDT, which is usually the setup for Lin's cradle piledriver, which Joey Styles notes. Uh, that's uh, only gets the two count off the tornado DDT. Um, through and then through various bouncings and suplexes and a nice sky high pi- uh, spine buster by Kojima, uh, Kojima eventually gets the win via Western Lariat, uh, making him the. Well, pretty much inaugural uh, MLW World Heavyweight Champion. Uh, while he's celebrating in the ring, uh, Teo Kia comes out and gestures for the belt, and then leaves without any further incident. Satoshi thanks the fans, or so we're told by Joey Styles. The audio quality uh, is terrible just because it's the house mic, um, and you really can't hear him over the fans cheering. But Styles at least is telling us that you know. Satoshi's thanking the fans for his support. And the show then cuts backstage to Raven, where he cuts a promo on Vampiro. Uh, If you remember last week, we saw Raven backstage lighting a picture of Vampiro on fire, wordlessly, of course. Um, But now Raven's going to talk. Um, And Raven notes that uh, that they were both part of a group called the Deadpool in WCW, which is Vampiro, Raven, and ICP. Uh, Raven wasn't in the group for long and left, and the group became what was known as the Dark Carnival, uh, adding the Great Muda into the mix. Um, But Raven notes that he's heard that Vampiro has been using Raven's name quite a bit with the boys, and not always in much of a complimentary tone. Um, And when, you know, you talk smack, you want attention. The real question is, what attention do you want? Do you want someone's help, or do you want to get your ass kicked? And Raven's looking to find out either way. Quote the Raven, nevermore. So, that concludes episode two of MLW Underground, uh, covering some ground that we've got had to see we've gotten to see before, uh, thanks to MLW Anthology. Um, but again, it's, it's pretty solid show. Uh, you know, it's given some Chris Candido love because honestly that dude doesn't get enough love, uh, for what he's done in the business. Uh, you know, just because he's kind of hindered by his own demons and whatnot. Uh, but we got to hit all the high marks, seeing some great wrestling, see some Jerry Lynn. Can't go wrong with that. You know, bread club carbs is life, baby. 
Terry Funk is always entertaining and whatnot. Um, and I feel like they've done a slightly better job at introducing some folk. Um, either that or they just cut down on people that we've never seen before and just letting them talk without, you know, referencing themselves. Looking at you at Fuergo Guerrera. Um, but otherwise, like, my goal for next week is to figure out what a PJ Freeman is because I've, you know, despite my extensive wrestling watching over the years, ah, that name's not familiar to me. And if he's connecting to, connected to Doc, I'm curious to see where and how that played out. But anyway, again, that's something else we'll figure out for next week, where I assume we'll be watching episode three of Anthology. But we'll, you know, find out Saturday when that premieres. Uh, so thank you guys for listening. Stay tuned for my plugs. Same plugs as last week and the week before that. And probably the week before that. I can't remember when I recorded new plugs, so, you know. But check those out. Do that. Refer me to your friends. Hit like. Leave messages. Do what the plugs say. Follow me on social media, which they'll give you all the details. And I will see you all next week. Hey, all Thanks for sticking through to the end. Now's the part of the show where we throw out my cheap plugs and all my other attempts to grow my fledgling media empire. Uh, first of all, the best way to support is to like, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies. Get them all to listen and whatnot. That's the best metric as to uh, how successful this podcast can be. Um, of course, if you're interested in what demented, horrible thoughts that go through my mind, you can check out my social media pages. Uh, most of them can be found um, with the uh, username the Nova of Cass, uh, specifically Twitter and Instagram. Um, we also now have a Facebook page at facebook.com slash mlwconfusion. Not a whole lot goes on over there. Mostly just reminders to watch the show and all through with the other cheap plugs. Uh, plus all sorts of like little stupid pictures to promote the show that usually end up on Instagram anyway. Um, and last but not least, if you want to be able to support monetarily, you can as well. You can check out uh, www www.patreon.com slash Casanova C-A-S-S-O-N-O-V-A and for a little as one dollar per month you get the podcast two days early and ad free which means you don't have to listen to this ever again unless well of course you continue to support me by listening to this on your you know platform of choice um, but there's a whole bunch of other goodies in there, plus all past episodes and then the previous project uh, that came before this one. Um, and just, you know, a bunch of other goodies, early access, and whatnot. Uh, so for as little as $1, you get all that. Though I would be remiss if I didn't say that the higher the tiers, the more goodies you get. So wink, wink, nudge, nudge, check that out. And of course, you get cheap, uh, get a cheap shill on this show as well by being a patron. So shout out to Maverick45 and Alan Schroeder. Guys are on the inside since mostly day one. Day one is H anyway, if we're going to use somebody else's catchphrase. But once again, thank you for listening. Check all those things out. You know, maybe read the description underneath the episode. Usually throw those things in there as well. Um, but thanks. See you next week.